0: Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome back to another episode. Uh, Today, I've got a great interview with Dr. Manuel Astruc. I've had him on the podcast before where we talked about professional burnout uh, in this episode, we're actually going to talk about the anxiety and stress of being a healthcare practice owner. Yeah, uh, even if you're not a practice owner, someday you want to be, or you don't want to be, uh, we do dive into the anxiety and stress of just kind of patient management, right? Like, I think a lot of this topic goes unsaid, but you know, we have patients that come in that are at their worst. They're in pain. They're stressed. They're, you know, sometimes their quality of life is suffering significantly. And and we're one of the few people that they talk to about this. And if we're not careful, we take on that anxiety and stress from them. It's, it's hard, especially if you're an empath. Uh, But you know, you, you layer on patient care and managing your team and managing the finances and trying to grow your practice. Like, you know, not everybody has a stomach for all this. Um, And even if you do, uh, how you manage the anxiety of stress of practice is uh, very important. And there are some strategies and, and Dr. Astruck is going to discuss that with us. He's um, very schooled in this uh, and trained uh, as a medical doctor in this uh, side of things, you know, like again, our last top- topic that we had with him was on professional burnout. He works with a lot of entrepreneurs and other doctors on, Stress management, anxiety, burnout, all those different aspects, and plus more. But in this episode, we're going to dive into anxiety and stress. uh, And we will be having him on for future episodes to dive into some of these um, psychological aspects of being a chiropractor. Because I think, uh, unfortunately, it's not discussed enough. And we want to make sure that we are all thriving Um, financially and in our well-being. Um, There's just a a lot of stress in what we do and struggle, and it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, I know a lot of chiropractors that thoroughly love going to work, are financially free, um, providing great care, love the team, love the work environment, and are managing the stress um, effectively, and you can too, and so we want to have those conversations. We won't solve it today, but it's a good start to the conversation. And here's my interview with Dr. Manuel Astruc. All right, welcome to the show, Dr. Astruc. I really appreciate your time today. This isn't the first or last time I'll have you on. You were on kindly enough before, and we really dove into a lot of good topics of uh, of preventing burnout. And and today we're going to chat about a little bit of anxiety of you know being in practice, having a business to run and and grow. And I think it's a topic that we don't talk a lot about from the doctors. Uh, perspective so i'm excited to have that so uh welcome to the show again
1: it's my pleasure i think that you know what you're doing and and getting this kind of information out to to practitioners is so important especially you know in today's day and age Mm -hmm.
0: yeah you know it's it's interesting right like uh, i think we forget about this topic as healthcare providers even before the pandemic and then you layer on the pandemic and shit you know it's like how how much uh stress and anxiety. Can you put on someone? I I was actually having an interesting conversation with a patient of mine, who's a chief at one of the big hospitals here. And he came in yesterday, actually. And I I was telling him how, you know, my first son was born. We just had a baby a few weeks ago, but my first son was born April 13th, 2020 at, at his hospital. And we were kind of chatting about that. And I asked him, I was like, you know, what was it like, you know, trying to run a hospital, uh, at that time, and and man, can you imagine the anxiety and stress that he was having, and his whole staff was having, and all these healthcare providers? And we were just kind of chatting about that. And I, I don't want to make this whole episode about the, the stress of COVID, but I think it adds to it. It'll just be a general uh, chat about managing that type of stuff. But uh, what are your what are some of your thoughts on this whole topic of anxiety? Uh, around from the healthcare provider's perspective?
1: So uh, anxiety is, is part of the playing field in, in life for all of us. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that's, that's changed with, you know, historically and looking at evolution is that we would have really life-threatening anxiety that would happen episodically. Right? So mm-hmm. a line would show up and, and you would be incredibly anxious, and then the line was gone and either you were alive or you weren't. but you know, mm-hmm. the, the anxiety sort of was was fairly circumscribed. Yeah, um, yeah. And now we're dealing with, with life with uncertainty, where anxiety, with or without COVID for business owners, um, we're dealing with that like unrelenting, all day long. So so whether it's making payroll, whether it's, you know, having to hire someone having to fire someone, um, you know, a a difficult patient, uh, like, you name it, every day, we're we're under the gun with anxiety.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And you know, and it's, um, you mentioned a few things. And I, I just thought, right, every time you mentioned one of the things I was like, Oh, yep, I had that happen today. I had that happen last week. But uh, you know, we had a, we had a patient, actually a chiropractor uh, who came in and was just one of the worst that we've had. Like, it was just a terrible patient and very abrasive. I mean, it was just like nonstop and just a very unfair, very, she was very unfair uh, to my staff. So I had to step in and, and handle that situation, but it was stressful. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. I shouldn't have to talk to some 60, 60 year old doctor about how to treat my staff. Right. Like, but it fell on me. Cause it, you know, I think it, it, it should fall on the, the leader when they start to treat your staff in a certain way. Cause you know, your staff can only do so much within reason. And so I had to take on that and it was like stressful. It was like, okay, I got to deal with this. Right. Or, you know, you have difficult conversations with patients around, um, around their anxieties, right? Like think about all those conversations that you take on with these people that are in a lot of pain. Right. So you hit on a few of them and it's just, it's a barrage of potential stress. And it's, it's, um, Unrelenting, right? Yeah. So, so
1: the historical pieces were that it would happen, and our our stress response, our cortisol response, was designed to deal with those um, bursts of anxiety, and exactly. and then you would chill out. Um, and now we're having it chronically. So ah. not only are we feeling anxious, but then we're taking the hit m- mentally. Like we, mm. it, it, it's hard to perform well and to think at your best when you're you're chronically stressed you know Mm -hmm. there's evidence that it affects your your frontal lobes and and your ability to think um and then physically it takes a toll
0: no it makes Um, sense
1: yeah and 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 then another piece for for the business owner and for you know chiropractors like who do you talk to about your stress like you don't Mm -hmm. go to your staff and talk about it
0: yeah no (laughs) <laughs> most of the owners, most of the chiropractic owners are on there and, and just business owners in general are on an Island. Right. And, and this, yep. like what you're talking about becomes like a, you know, death by a thousand cuts where, um, you just get that unrelenting stress. And if I could use a, an analogy that pertains to at least my, my profession is it's like an overuse injury, right. Where, you know, you get that patient come in with uh, shoulder pain and they, they don't have any reason for it. And it comes like I don't know why it came about, but all of a sudden, got the shoulder injury. It was, you know, obviously an overuse injury that happened over time, and and that's what it seems like we're dealing with uh, as far as like stress and anxieties. It's it's kind of an overuse injury of just that unrelenting, chronic, uh, barrage of of stress that's being placed on us. Yeah. So, um, question for you: um, I was having this conversation with with my docs. You know. It, we talked about COVID. That's fine. We'll get to that a little bit too, but um, there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, economic uncertainty right now, right? Um, It's high inflation, cost of living, cost of running a business is going up, uh, obviously with uh, the potential of this uh, World War III going on here, which is so sad what's happening. Um, Obviously we're a little insulated being in the, in North America, but still it impacts us in different ways. And we, we, we deal with even the onslaught of the news of, of how uh, difficult this situation is. And um, it's, it's tough. It's tough for the younger chiropractors out there. And, and I was uh, having this conversation where, you know, I was thinking about it, you know, I was 28 when 2008 happened, right. And that was a very stressful time. And, and I do think there's a lot of chiropractors out there, or a lot of people out there right now, that are dealing with stressful times of this economic uncertainty as well um, are you seeing that from your uh, side of things with the professionals and entrepreneurs you're dealing with where they're they're getting a lot of economic stress uh, from all these factors
1: yeah absolutely and the the uncertainty is is high um, and people fall into you know different buckets there's there's the ones who are glued to the screen and trying to, you know, extract as much information as they can. Mm -hmm. And and I think that in many ways they end up with higher levels of anxiety. Um, And, and then, you know, there's the ones that sort of recognize what's what's in my control and and what's not. And, you know, where do I put the focus? How do I take care of myself Mm -hmm. given whatever's happening uh, with the world? Um, I remember, so part of my story is that, you know, I've been sober for, you know, 20 some years, but when uh, I had first started to get sober and I'd had problems with alcohol Mm -hmm. and I was, you know, I was a professional, I was a psychiatrist who was taking care of other people who had problems, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that an old timer in AA told me once is, you know, because I was like complaining about the stresses that i was going through and he said you know why don't you keep it simple uh just work the program not the problem Uh, and and that was literally a life-saving comment for me at that Mm -hmm. point because the problems were going to be there whether i was thinking about them fretting about them, and they were legit problems. Yep. But you know, the only thing that I had to worry about at that point was like, you know, don't drink and go to a meeting, right? <laughs> Keep yep. it like super simple. That was yeah. a program for me to run. Um, and it's a little different today. But but you know, the same message applies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's your program that you're running, that, that you know, keeps you on track and that you need to be mm-hmm. doing. Um, and, and then the problems like working on them, you know, the world and COVID and everything else. You know, we can get very distracted and uh, obsessed with them, ruminating on them. Uh, they just make us upset and, and more anxious.
0: Yeah, it becomes like whack-a-mole if you try to attack every stress that you're going to potentially have, right? You're just going to keep on chasing them and versus actually having a, a strategy that's going to help your well-being. You know, And I'm going to go back to the same overuse analogy where you know, we'll, we'll instruct our patients on a lot of things they can do to prevent these overuse injuries from occurring, um, on a, on a grand scale. And so like you're saying, follow the the program. Uh, I think we need to start looking at what are the strategies, what are the things you can do to prevent this overuse injury, which is, is obviously the anxiety and the, the barrage of it. And I know for me, there's been a few things that I've done. Like I used to be heavy into the into the news, right? Politics and all that stuff, like heavy into it. And I've just really cut myself off of it. I don't watch any news. I don't listen to any news. I've got a few uh, news sites I'll get on my phone and and that's it. And I still struggle with it, um, but it's way better than it used to be. And so that was something that was like kind of a strategy. Um, I, I, I definitely exercise a lot more than I used to, which is, nice. which has helped. And I just try to, um, work on that type of stuff to, to get, to, to, to deal with it. Um, any other strategies you can think of to, to try to uh, remove yourself from the, the constant stress of all, of all this stuff.
1: Yeah. So I, I think that what you just said was great. The, um, uh, removing yourself or limiting your exposure Mm -hmm. to the negativity. So, you know, high performers kind of, we need to know what's going on, but we don't need to immerse ourselves in, in what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some people that I, you know, have a lot of respect for. So Dan Sullivan, yep. you know, he, he keeps up with stuff, but you know, in many ways um, you know, it's a, it's a hobby. It's an entertainment for him. Like he yep. doesn't get wrapped up in it. Um yep. Yep. You know, for other mortals, you know, I would get wrapped <laughs> up in it. So, yep. so it's best to limit that exposure Um and then the, the sorts of mental practices mm-hmm. that, that you can add to that things like, you know, keeping focused on your gratitude practice, right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, like really make that a significant part of, of mm-hmm. your morning routines, even, you know, a, a minute or two of writing an email saying, thank you to someone, you know, yeah. there, there's a lot of evidence that that really can move the, the, the needle in, in mm-hmm. terms of how you're feeling um, physically. Exercise, I think is, is excellent. Um, and and part of what I like to teach is, you know, active recovery during the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a lot of times we'll take a break during the day to, to you know, catch a breath, and we'll jump on Facebook or the news yeah, or our yeah. phones or, or something, yeah. you know, to, to just kind of um, numb out. But, but that's not really active recovery, Right. So, Mm -hmm. so active recovery, some, you know, five minutes, three or four times a day, uh, breath work, uh, Mm -hmm. a little meditation, go outside, get some sun, get, get some fresh air, you know, take a little walk, a little stretching, uh, a a little calisthenics. Um, -hmm. but these sorts of activities, you know, done intentionally and actively during the course of the day have been shown to, uh, decrease that chronic uh, anxiety and cortisol mm-hmm. that, that we're all combating these days.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing I I've implemented a little bit and I, I will admit I, I've fallen off a bit, but uh, I remember hearing this from someone and I forget what it was, but they talked about fitness snacking kind of like where, you know, our audience are mostly chiropractors and they've got Uh, like I got this open rehab area. I got all these areas where I could go and do three to five minutes of some exercise. Not, you know, I'm not going to go running or anything in between patient care, but if I get a little break, you know, I can do a little bit of movement stuff to just uh, get some activity going, feeling good and do that. So I definitely um, challenge our our audience to start doing some of that fitness snacking in their office. They got plenty of room to do it. You know, it's not like sitting in a corporate office where you look kind of weird doing that in front of all your, your, your colleagues. Right. (laughs) No.
1: So, so I love that, that, that idea of of kind of intentionally Mm -hmm. um, of putting that in and you know, the, the other call to action that I regularly remind people of, and, and this is when you know, we're having a war, when there's a school mm-hmm. shooting, when there's yep. another okay. you know, thing that just kind of takes our attention and, and can, mm-hmm. can really uh, get us down, is the idea of um, you know, focus on yourself and focus on that kindness that you can mm-hmm. extend into the world right? So again, it's working your program, and, and, um, you know, showing up as the best representative of yourself and your values and your your Mm -hmm. ethics that that you can, and just be that much kinder when you're dealing with patients, your family, the cashier. Um, But all these things that go on, it's a good call to action to show up with more kindness.
0: Yeah, you know, it was interesting. I had a a pretty insightful text from a buddy of mine. He had looked at some of his texts with me uh, prior to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And it it was just him bitching about meaningless shit, right? Like just things. And he looked back on, he's like, man, like, after this whole thing went down with Ukraine, I, I kind of realized how petty some of the stuff was that I was worried about and, and complaining about. And it's like, and then you, you see these uh, stories of what these folks are going, going through over there. And it puts things in perspective where it's like, okay, like, look, there's definitely. like I don't want to discount anybody's stress, right? Like everybody has their own stresses and, and it's real and I get it. But going back to your your great your gratitude aspect, is like you know we do have it very well over here, and and I know uh, not everybody has a great situation in North America, but a lot of people, uh, comparatively speaking, do. Um, and so that's that's kind of part one of of one of the thoughts I had before you and I were going to chat about today. And then the second thing, kind of during our pre-recording, you mentioned uh, Peter Diamandis with. Abundance 360, and and one of the things that really helped me out probably five years ago was reading his book Abundance. Did you read that?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right,
0: right. and like when you read that book, you realize like it's never been better to live on this planet. It's the safest it's ever been. It's the ever, you know, like the quality of life, even if it's a bad situation, like it's a really uh, good time to to be alive. And the statistics show that. And a book like that really helped me put things in perspective. That. Um, you know, it's, it's really a good time to be alive. Now there are some challenges, right? There's definitely challenges, but I mean, think about the challenges you had 150 years ago. Like I I was thinking about it we just gave birth to our our second son. I was like, how many women died during uh, childbirth 150 years ago, right? Or you'd have 10 kids because you knew four of them weren't going to make it to adulthood. Right. Like now, if, if, if a child dies or, or pregnancy goes wrong like that, it's a, it's a complete shock to the system because it's so rare. Right. Um, so I know those are extreme cases, but uh, it's just a good time to be alive. And we need to start realizing that. I think
1: there's, there's a fascinating, um, researcher and I, I, I'm going to get his name wrong, but I think it's Peter Soplansky Saplansky. I'll send you the, the, um, uh, the link to him. Yep. But he's a, a neuroscientist in Stanford. And he does, you know, a, a part of his his lab work uh, in the the lab in, in Stanford. Mm-hmm. And then he does a part of it, studying orangutans in Africa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he used to go there like every summer, I think that the uh, pandemic slowed that down. But he studied uh, anxiety and stress mm-hmm. uh, in, 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 in these orangutans. And he would compare these two groups. So one group of orangutans and nothing messes with a group of orangutans, right? So they, yes. they, don't, they, they don't have a lot of natural predators that, that they have to deal with. Um, but there was a group that was living, a tribe that was living in a nutrient rich area mm-hmm. where they were able to, to get their caloric needs met within a couple of hours of forging. Um, and then they had a lot of time off. Mm-hmm. And then there was a group that lived in a nutrient poor area where they were literally, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours that to, to get the calories that they needed to stay alive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he studied the cortisol levels and the stress responses and the behaviors of these tribes. The ones that were living in the more nutrient-rich area that had more free time um, mm-hmm. and had it better were way more stressed out than than the ones that had to be eking out a living um yeah. and and the reason was that then there was more time for social nonsense like the 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 hierarchies and the you know the the uh, ba- orangutans that were at the top of the heap and the ones mm-hmm. that are like they'd be dumping on the, the ones that were lower and so on yeah. and, and everybody was hyper vigilant for like what was going to be happening yeah. like yeah. you know being in, in a, an abundant environment actually led to, to them being more stressed out, which is just yeah. fascinating.
0: Well, I can see that even as, yeah. a, a, you know, you take the United States, right? Like, sure. um, no one's ever had it better, right? Like as a country, as a society and on probably on the history of the planet, like there's never been a society that's had it better. And again, I understand when I say that not everybody has it great, but just collectively when you, when you really, you know, look at all the facts, like, But yet we're so, we're like constantly complaining about, like I had a patient tell me about this, which I found very fascinating. He's like, too many people are living in, um, they're not living in gratitude. They're, They're living in this kind of sense of just they're they're upset about everything, right. They're, they're um, they're just always upset about the little thing and they're not focusing on the other stuff. And it's, it's a, it's a tough, vicious cycle to be in. And again, that doesn't say there's not issues to tackle, uh, obviously, but you got to look at the bright side and obviously make transformations where you can. Right.
1: So, so that's kind of the lay of the land that, that Mm -hmm. we're, we're dealing with the fact that, you know, we, we do have it pretty good, yeah. but, but then there's the reality of, you know, it is very stressful to run a business and, and to be yeah. the, 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 person that's in charge, right. For, mm-hmm. for keeping the lights on for yourself, for your family and for your employees.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then showing up, like no matter what's gone on in your, in your life, showing up for your patients. Um, yeah and giving them the best that you have to offer every single day. You don't get a, a, a day to, to mm-hmm. like, you know, just kind of, you know, half asset. Like yep. you, you can't. No.
0: And that's why I think it's, it's important to have the strategies to work on because the, no matter what, uh, it's going to be difficult, right? Whenever I always say it's like, it's always, uh, it's very stressful when you're signing the front of checks, not the back of checks, right? Like when you got to hit payroll and you got to pay all the overhead and all that, and you're, you're signing the front of checks. Like it, there's a lot on the line with that. And so you got to make sure that you're, um, uh, you know, have some strategies around, uh, around doing that and uh, try to avoid the overwhelm. I actually did a solo episode recently on how i have been working on trying to prevent the overwhelm in my life. Cause I got a lot of things going on and, and a lot of, it's just a lot of introspective things to, to tackle what I know will uh, you know, most likely put me in the best position to handle that stress yes so so
1: more things you know to to kind of add on to to you know tools that we can have in our toolkit i think it's incredibly helpful to um you know connect right so so have other business owners that that you can talk to because You know the the life of the entrepreneur is incredibly lonely and, and yeah. having intentional deliberate connections with other entrepreneurs is is incredibly helpful
0: all right docs here is a new opportunity for you from darcy sullivan of propel she is our seo specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure google is finding you and getting you new patients it's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh the seo right and a few other things and darcy is offering a free seo workshop just for chiropractors and you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel mcm that is bit.ly bit.ly propel mcm modern chiropractic marketing right and so check out that link and we're going to have you go over five SEO secrets to owning the first page of Google uh, without buying ads. And Darcy's going to give that free workshop, one hour, to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propelmcm for the one hour free workshop. Hey, doc, are you moving office spaces or you're a startup with your own new space or you're like me where you need renovations because it's starting to look a little worn after about 10 years like ours is? Um, Crossfield's chiropractic office design is here to elevate you wherever you're at and they're gonna help maximize your space and flow. They're gonna really help attract and retain patients and this is gonna have a great ROI on your investment when you increase that patient experience. So check out chiropractic office designs by Crossfields, and we have a special link for modern chiropractic marketing listeners, and that is www.chiropracticofficedesign.com kevin www.chiropracticofficedesign.com/kevin-christie. and with that, you're going to have discounts, we're going to have direct links to a me- mega bundle of free resources, and you can check them out, and you can get 15 of our most popular floor plans, five-phase checklists for a startup office, five-point designer checklist to evaluate your current office image. And there's 30% off on all online products when you go to www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash kevin christie. Yeah, you know, I want to touch on that because I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago and, and the guest, she was talking about the sense of community. And she was talking about just uh, our society in general, where we live in a very, um, it's, it's just against the grain of human nature where, you know, we live in a house that's 4,000 square feet and it's just you and your family. You don't talk to your neighbors, your family members live all across the country and you don't have that community like you did. And or I remember when I, I visited Cambodia back in 2016 and I went to this village that, was you know the term "dirt poor," right? Means came from back in the day when you had dirt floors, right? And these people had essentially dirt floors, and but they all lived in the community, and you could tell like they're all laughing, smiling, socializing. It was just like a social place. And you, if you probably took the mental health well-being of that village versus, you know, let's say uh, a city in America, I'm sure they're actually probably. Uh, doing better because they have that sense of community right
1: absolutely the the way that life has changed in the last you know 50 75 years in in uh the united states is mm-hmm. goes completely against what what we've been living like you know from an evolutionary perspective uh-huh. um so so that connection that tribe is is completely been well, for many of us mm-hmm. um just kind of displaced
0: yeah, and obviously with COVID, it was even worse, which has been part of the psychological struggle that we are still trying to sort through. I'm sure, right? Um, and to your point about you know entrepreneurs having community, obviously that's why you and I love Strategic Coach. Um, I have a fortunate situation where I communicate and coach a lot of chiropractors. I'm part of the Chiropractic Success Academy. That's a, a bunch of entrepreneurs. I started a mastermind in Florida where I'm putting all these chiropractors around me, because I don't want to be left on an Island. I've been on that Island before, and it's been not fun and you have no one to talk to. And now I feel like I could reach out to 10 people or I could tell them anything about my practice. The And, you know, it's interesting because uh, as, you know, as a, as a coach and, and as having a podcast on practice growth and all that, people probably think my practice is perfect. And it's not you know, no one's is, And so I have people I reach out to and talk to all the time about this particular struggle. And so I really, I'm really glad you brought that up with that kind of community uh, of colleagues to make sure you're not stuck on an Island.
1: Yeah. I, um, I joined entrepreneurs organization as well recently, Mm -hmm. um, which, which is another great place to, to be with entrepreneurs from different industries, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, we all can talk about things like, you know, being afraid, Um, you know, having things happen that you weren't expecting that, that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. I started growing my practice um, and I have some, you know, outstanding psychiatric nurse practitioners who are here Mm -hmm. and I've been encouraging them to be entrepreneurial. Yep. Um, and they are, and all of a sudden, two of them, like they, they, like significantly cut their hours, which, like, mm-hmm. I was using that to pay overhead, <laughs> um, because they're starting a, a venture that you know I wish them very well in. Yeah. Um, but you know that was a curveball that I've got to figure out. You know, signing <laughs> the front of the check still. Um yep. Yep. But those those things happen, and mm-hmm. having a place uh, to to. Talk to to you know, kind of figure out what's the program, what's the path forward, what do I do yeah. next? Yeah. Um,
0: and I think finding that path is in, is important. And I actually, um, I forget where I had it in my Amazon wish list for probably a year, and it's a it's a book called Obvious Atoms. Have you heard of that book?
1: oh I, I i have but um yeah. I, I don't recall it, the, the context yeah yeah
0: it was written in 1916 it's it's not even a, like a publication of the book it's 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 just um copies of like the um i want to call it an article that was written it's it's a short maybe 40 pages you can read it in yeah. like a day or two like it really quick and it just talks about this guy who is a copywriter slash business owner and they called him obvious adams because he always just figured out the obvious answer like and and he just went after that obvious thing and it's just a great little story i recommend people buy it it take you take you an hour to read it's really quick but it was funny because sometimes we we try to overcomplicate things, right? And then we're spinning our wheels, and it, and it stresses out even, even more because we've got this complicated thing we're trying to to try to solve and figure out. And a lot of times there's an obvious solution to it, or or you know, to rectify it. And that's was that was the moral of this story was obvious. Adams always found the obvious solution, and he was the only one that would actually do the obvious thing. And it. And it bore it bared like great results, and he yeah. just moved up the the company in, into ownership role, right? So um, sometimes we know what we need to do, or what would remove some of the stress, or will help manage the stress, but we just don't do it. And I, I thought that book was helpful for me.
1: Absolutely, and the the power of community, right? So being able to talk mm-hmm. things out because um, you know clarity uh, can elude us. Yep. Putting it out in front of somebody, they can see what we can't see, or just talking about it can help us to get more clarity. Mm-hmm. And and then there can be the accountability around it. Um, yeah. Like if you see the obvious thing and you don't do it, then you have to like answer to it the next time you see your friend.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You're, that accountability is always helpful. So, um, and you know, it's you know, we could probably do five hours on this on this topic, and there, there's always going to be something. I know we're we're rolling in from a pandemic into this, uh, issue in, in this war in Europe. Um, there's always going to be something I remember towards the end of college for me was nine 11. And that was a lot of uncertainty after that. Uh, some of my friends went into war after that and, and, and that was tough. Uh, and then 2008, like I mentioned, and then now like there, there's going to be something and you just got to make sure you are um, you know, you're not over. I don't want to say overreact. You're not reacting to the world all the time, right? Like, you, you got to have strategies in place to try to keep a, a, an even keel as much as you can, and and, and manage the stress. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on on meditation? You know, I was about to bring that up. Um, Perfect. Like literally,
1: yeah. So um, I think that meditation is. Um, like if, if you talk, listen to high performers, like they meditate. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I think that there's got to be a reason for that. So I've had meditation practices that I've followed pretty well for, for a long period of time and I've falling off the wagon with meditation practices. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just about, you know, when you fall off the wagon, then you get yourself back on it um, yeah, when you notice. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think it's, it's uh, incredibly helpful in the, for me, the benefit is just seeing how much my brain is working without my direction. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That, that mm -hmm. monkey mind that'll chew and chew and chew on things. And, you know, I'm following around, like, like, that's what I want to be thinking about. And and it's just not, it's just, uh, you know, the, I heard someone say, you know, the, the kidneys make urine and, uh, you know, your GI tract makes stool and your brain makes thoughts, right?
0: And sometimes stool (laughs) 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 crap in crap out. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, And I think there's other things that are, sometimes it's unique to the person. Like, so for me, I don't really watch much TV and at night, you know, it can get boring if you're not watching TV. Um, So one of the things I've actually started doing is um, I'm trying to pick up uh, French and I'm using Duolingo. And if anybody's familiar with that app, like they do a great job of gamification So it's almost like I'm playing a game for five or 10 minutes on my phone each night and I'm progressing through and and learning. And, you know, I'm not saying people have to learn a language, but it's, it's something that's not only keeping my brain active, but it's also getting my brain off of the other stuff and avoiding to watch TV, which I just really try to limit as much as I can. And so uh, there's a lot of these, it doesn't have to be a cookie cutter thing. Like, you know, take a walk, which is great, or meditation, which is great, but it can be something even else that you can really dive into to a, a hobby is huge, I think, uh, for, for people to, to manage it, um, uh, spend time with family, like all the there's a lot of the cliche things, but uh, it, they, they do work, they do work. Absolutely,
1: the um, you know, kind of continuing to, to, to grow and to learn and to get mastery with a craft, you know, a hobby yeah. or something like that. Um, and and you know I think those things are great. For me, one of the areas that I have to watch out for is that I can have a tendency to to use that stuff to to avoid and to kind of numb out and to use yeah. it to excess, right? Yeah. yeah. So so like anything that's good, whether it's exercise or, or walking, mm-hmm. you know, anything that's good can also be used. Um, little bit more than it ought to be so it's really kind of the intentional practice of how we're implementing these things in our lives
0: yeah yeah i don't know if i've mentioned on the podcast before but i've been listening to cal newport's podcast and he wrote the book deep work and digital minimalism i think it was and he's got this whole concept uh, of the deep life and it's it it boils down into four things and, and they all start with C, but one is, is craft. Like you talked about, like really being a master of your craft. And and I think we, we all have friends where they're in careers. They hate, even if they make good money, they hate it. So they're, they just hate their craft and it, and it eats at them no ma- again, no matter how much money they make. So you really want to, hone in on your craft. Uh, the, the other one is community, um, which we talked about and that's also family. Right. And, and so the, you want to make sure that community bucket is, is really strong. The third one, he has is constitution, which he talks about as health, right? All the things you and I've just talked about as far as health, whether it's mental or physical health. Uh, and then he had, um, contemplative, which is kind of like, whether it's religion or, or meditation or any of those things, spiritual without religion, all the different things can be, doesn't have to be a uh, religion. And then he's actually recently thrown in a fifth one, which is celebration, right? Which is, uh, enjoying life, you know, going on vacations and having fun and, and doing that type of stuff. And, um, I, I've really found that fascination and you can Google, anybody can Google, uh, deep life Cal Newport, it'll pop up. He's got a nice little blog, concise blog article on it. Uh, but that's been something I've looked at and and started to be a little more introspective. I was like, okay, where am I struggling in those four or five uh, categories and and how can I improve that? And what can I work towards? Because ultimately I think that's, uh, if you, if you feel like you're living a deep life, it prepares you better for all the onslaught of stress that's going to come around. Cause you know, you're doing your part, you're you're doing all, you're filling those buckets and you're doing your best you can. I think that really uh, helps out a lot of people.
1: You're listening to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with Dr. Kevin Christie. Find more online at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com for more free resources, online courses, and the Chiropractic Success Academy. Now back to the show with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie. Yeah, so that checks a lot of boxes, right? When when you When you look at those C's. um and and part of the idea uh is that you know to to build in so we've got the anxiety like you're a Mm -hmm. business owner you're gonna have anxiety that's the lay of the land but there's 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 no reason why you can't have anxiety that you've managed and still really you know what you want to be aiming for is is flourishing and happiness or the Mm -hmm. the the deep life um and and you know, success is the outcome of all these things rather than that, you know, first you're successful, Mm -hmm. then you can flourish and be happy and have a deep life.
0: Um, You know, you put these central concepts in first. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to, I know for me, you know, a kind of moment of, of candidness was like anxiety shows up differently for different people. And you you don't realize it. I know in my uh, younger years, in my twenties, and I would say into my early thirties, it, it represented itself as anger. Right. And I think that's uh, from what I've read, uh, that tends to be highly prevalent in males more so maybe um, where you get, you're angry and a lot of that's because you're anxious, right. And maybe fearful of something and you don't want to show it. So it shows off as an aggressive anger. Right. Is that, is that correct?
1: Yeah. So that, that um, definitely can happen.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, again, that's not gonna be for everybody, but you got to maybe dive into how it does uh, represent itself for that. And then the other thing I remember reading once was that uh, a lot of times if you dwell on the past, you tend to be depressive. If you are thinking too much about the future and the uncertainty of that you get a little anxious is, is that accurate?
1: Yeah, so it's it's a pretty good generality to, to, to be thinking yeah. about. It's not
0: accurate one hundred percent, but yeah. but you know that that's a good generalization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just like look at, uh, I guess the, what I've done to try to offset because I I'm very um, future focused, which is good. Right. I think it's I think it's been good for me. It's it's driven me, uh, but at the same time, I have to try to rein it in a little bit and keep things yep. in perspective, right? Yeah. So that's
1: where you uh, you're, you know, not just working that that part of the problems but you're you know working on the program for today like what are the action steps that you need to be taking today to to get you to that future that you're moving toward
0: yeah definitely um which is why i like i I like dan sullivan's 25 year framework right gives you a lot more runway
1: it gives you a a, a tremendous amount of um confidence i think right so Mm -hmm. and and it's inspiring um and you, you know the the idea that small steps taken regularly, you know, yeah. when you've got 25 years, you could go from, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in New York yeah. from New York to California. You could do that in yeah. 25 years, taking a couple of steps every day. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. And it, that's helped me out. And I, you know, I was actually having an interesting conversation with a buddy of mine. Who's my age. He's 42 and doing, you know, gets paid well, does well, but he's anxious around money because he wants to retire at like 55 and as we were going back and forth, I realized, like, I was like, the only financial issue you have is you've given yourself such a short runway to to put away six million dollars for retirement, right? Like, you know, you're you're you got, and he has five, he has five kids too, so it's like, you know, it's going to be really hard to do. um It's not like he's making millions of dollars a year, so. Uh, I was like, you just got to give yourself a longer runway, and and then you'll decrease the anxiety around the money because you don't have a money problem. Like he saves thirty percent of his income. He, like all, if you looked at his finance, like you're you're doing great at forty two, yeah. but for him, he feels like he's behind because he's trying to retire at fifty five. Yeah,
1: so the question for me is like, why is he trying to retire at 55? Does he hate what he's doing or,
0: well, yes, that's good. He hates the craft for sure. For <laughs> sure. And, and that's where like, you just, that's why you're a professional at this and I'm not, but you're looking at like, what's the underlying why at 55. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. What's, what's,
1: what's on the other side of 55 that's that's going to keep you like juiced up about life. Um, so the uh, another Dan Sullivan you know thought has been if you're doing stuff that you really love doing and you know you're working in your unique ability, um, mm-hmm. then you know you're you're just starting to get good at 55, 65, 70. Yep. Um, like w- what's the deal with retirement?
0: Yeah, yeah and that's helped me out a ton is is I don't plan on retiring now, I won't be treating patients and, and you know and, and working 40 hours a week, but I'll, I'll be working you know, I'll, I'll be doing what I love to do. Exactly. So
1: in your unique ability with people that are interesting and, and mm-hmm. fun to, to work, collaborate with, yeah, um, yeah, and you, you just kind of, you know, spin that out and, and the virtuous cycle just gets mm-hmm. better and better in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, doc, I really appreciate your time again. I know we'll, we'll have to do this in a few months again. Um, how can our entrepreneurs and our chiropractors reach out to you if they've got any questions? Um, so my my email is m
1: a s t r u c at manuel m a n u e l a s t r u c dot and uh, you can also sign up on my website for my my morning musings and my mm-hmm. weekly newsletter where I will put in podcasts that I've been curating over the week uh, Twitter nice. threads that uh, yeah. I've been watching that that are interesting to me and and put them out once a week for folks
0: perfect and what's the yeah. website it's
1: manuelash.com
0: perfect I'll put it in the show notes I I really appreciate your insights and your time today and I think it's conversations we need to keep on having
1: it's really important because I think that you know we we started we, we're talking more about mental or physical health, Mm -hmm. but you know, the, the, the mental fitness aspect of things uh, we still don't talk enough about as entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah, we don't. So, all right, doc. Thank you.
1: Take it easy. Thank you.
0: That is it for this week's episode. But before you leave, check us out at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com for all kinds of free resources such as blogs and the podcast episodes. We've got online courses. You can check out the Chiropractic Success Academy there, which is an amazing online coaching system for you at a very affordable monthly rate. Uh, There's a free online course on the marketing.com website, so check that out. If you're interested in some one-on-one coaching, we can do that as well. We have all kinds of resources for you there, and we would also truly appreciate if you could rate and review this podcast if you're getting valuable information out of it. I can't thank you enough, and we'll see you next week.